0: chapter 15 part 2 of vandover and the brute this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org recording by lynn thompson vandover and the brute by frank norris chapter 15 part 2 that same morning charlie geary had eaten a very thick underdone steak for breakfast After Enjoying a fine long sleep of eight hours Toward eight o'clock he went downtown He did not take a car he preferred to walk it helped his digestion and it gave him exercise At night he walked home as well that gave him an appetite Besides with the ten cents that he saved in this way he bought himself a nice cigar that he smoked in the evening to help digest his Supper He was very careful of his health Ah, You bet one had to look out for one's health at The office that morning he had a nice long talk with Beale jr. As the Hiram wade suit The great firm of Beale and story into whose office Geary had been received made a specialty of damaged suits And especially those suits that were brought against a certain great monopoly which it was claimed was ruining the city and the state such a case involving nearly a quarter of a million of dollars Was now occupying the attention of the heads of the firm and indeed of the whole office Hiram wade's suit was assigned to the assistants. Beale jr. Was one of these and charlie geary had managed to push himself into the position of his confidential clerk But beale jr. Himself took little interest in the wade suit the suit against the great monopoly was coming to a head It was a battle of Giants the whole office found itself embroiled and Little by little Beale jr. Allowed himself to be drawn into the struggle The management of the Wade case was given over to geary's hands When he had first heard of his assignment to the case geary had been unwilling to act against his old chum But it was the first legal affair of any great importance with which he had been connected and He was soon devoured with an inordinate ambition to distinguish himself in the eyes of the firm To get a lift to take a long step forward toward the end of his desires, which was to become one of the firm itself He knew he could make a brilliant success of the case Geary was at this time nearly 28 keen Energetic immensely clever and the case against Vandover was strong No one knew better than he himself how intimate Vandover had been with Ida Wade Vandover had told him much of the details of their acquaintance Besides this a letter which Ida had written to Vandover the day before her suicide had been found Torn in three pieces thrust between the leaves of one of the books that she used to study at the normal school It directly implicated Vandover it was evidence that could not be gainsaid Geary had resolved to push the case against his old chum Vandover ought to see that with Geary it was a matter of business He, Geary, was only an instrument of the law. If Geary did not take the case, some other lawyer would. At any rate, whether Van would see it in this light or not, Geary was determined to take the case. It was too good an opportunity to let slip. He was going to make his way in the law, or he would know the reason why. Every man for himself, that was what he said. It might be damned selfish, but it was human nature if he had to sacrifice van so much the worse It was evident that his old college chum was going to the dogs anyway But come whatever would he Geary was going to be a success Ah, you bet he would make his way, and he would make his money Ever since he had come into his little patrimony Geary had been making offers to Vandover for his block in the mission Geary would offer only eight thousand dollars, but Brunt steadily advised Vandover against listening to such a figure Assuring him that the property was valued at twelve thousand six hundred Vandover had often wondered at Geary's persistence on the matter and had often asked him what he could possibly want of the block But Geary was very vague in his replies Generally telling Vandover that there was money in the investment if one could and would give the proper attention to pushing it He told vandover that he vandover was no business man which was the lamentable truth and Would much prefer to live upon the interest of his bonds rather than to be continually annoyed by defective plumbing complaints and repairs The truth of the matter was that geary knew that a certain immense boot and shoe concern was after the same piece of property the houses themselves were nothing to the boot and shoe people They wanted the land in order to build their Manufactory upon it a Siding of a railroad ran down the alley just back of the property a fact that hurt the lot for residence purposes But that was indispensable for the boot and shoe people Geary knew that the heads of the Manufactory were determined to buy the lot and he was sure that if properly handled by clever brokers They could be induced to offer at least one-third more than its appraised valuation It was a chance for a fine speculation, and it was torture to Geary to think that Vandover, or in fact anyone besides himself, was going to profit by it. The afternoon of the day upon which Hiram Wade had brought suit for $25,000, while Geary was pottering about his swivel office chair, with an oil can trying to find out where it creaked, a brilliant idea had suddenly occurred to him, a stroke of genius, a veritable inspiration. Why could he not make the wade suit a machine with which to force vandover into the sale of the property? His first idea had been to push the case so vigorously that vandover would surely lose it But on second thoughts this course did not seem to promise any satisfactory results Geary knew very well that though hiram wade had sued for twenty five thousand dollars he could not recover more than five thousand if as much as that Geary did not know the exact state of Vandover's affairs, but he did not think that his chum would sell any property in order to make the payment of damages. It was much more likely that he would raise the 5000 or whatever it might be, by placing a second mortgage on some of his property. This, however, was presuming that Wade would get judgment for about $5,000. But suppose that Vandover thought that Wade could actually recover 25000 Suppose that geary himself should see vandover and induce him to believe such a story and to settle the affair out of court Vandover was as ignorant of law as he was of business Geary might frighten him into a sale yet. This plan seemed very impracticable In the first place it would be unprofessional for geary to have an interview with vandover under such circumstances The story was almost too monstrous even for Vandover's credibility and besides Geary would not pay Could not pay 25,000 for the property This last was a serious tangle in order to get Vandover to sell Geary would have to represent the damage suit as Involving a larger sum of money than Geary was willing to give for the block even a far larger sum than that Which the boot and shoe manufacturers could be induced to pay for it it seemed to be a deadlock Geary began to see that the whole idea was out of the question Yet the desire of it came back upon him again and again He dwelt upon it constantly smelling out the chance for a deal somewhere in the tangle with the instinct of the keen man of business At last he seemed to have straightened it out the idea of a compromise came into his mind what if Vandover and Hiram Wade could be made to compromise upon eight thousand dollars? Geary would be willing to pay Vandover eight thousand for the block, that was his original offer. Wade, though he had sued for twenty five thousand, could easily be made to see that eight thousand was as much as he could reasonably expect, and Geary knew the boot and shoe manufacturers would pay fifteen thousand for the lot, perhaps more. But in order to carry out the delicate and complicated affair, it was absolutely necessary to keep Vandover from seeing a lawyer. Geary knew that any lawyer would fight the proposition of a compromise at $8,000. 5000 was as much as Wade could possibly get in court, and if judgment for such amount was rendered, Vandover's counsel would advise him to raise the sum by mortgaging some property instead of selling the block. Yet as soon as Geary arrived at a solution of the problem as soon as the deal began to seem feasible He commenced to hesitate it was not so much that the affair was crooked That his role in it was to say the least unprofessional as It was the fact that Vandover was his old college chum and that to put the matter into plain words Geary was swindling his best friend out of a piece of property valued at twelve thousand six hundred dollars and preventing him from reselling the same piece at a very advanced figure Again, and again he wished that it was some other than vandover He told himself that in such case he would put the screw on without the least compunction All through one night geary was on the rack torn between his friendship for his charm and his Devouring inordinate ambition to make his way and to make his pile in the end vandover was sacrificed The opportunity was too good. Geary could not resist the chance for a deal. Ah, you bet. Just think of it. After all, not only would Vandover believe that Geary was doing him a great service, but the office would be delighted with him for winning his first case. They would get a heavy fee from Wade, and he would nearly double his money invested in the block in the mission. As soon as he had made up his mind to put the deal through, he had seen vandover at his rooms early in the morning and had induced him to promise not to engage any other counsel and in general keep very quiet about the whole business the day after he and beale jr had an appointment with hiram wade but toward noon beale jr disappeared leaving word for geary that he had gone to court with his father to hear the closing arguments in this great suit against the monopoly The last struggle in the tremendous legal battle that had embroiled the whole office Geary was to use his own judgment in the Wade case Geary labored with Hiram wade all that afternoon The old fellow mistrusted him on account of his youth and his inexperience Was unwilling to arrive at any definite conclusion without the sanction of Geary's older associate and for a long time would listen to nothing less than ten thousand dollars Crying out that his gray hairs had been dishonored and striking his palm upon his forehead Nothing could move him He also had his ambitions it was his dream to own the carpet cleaning Establishment in which he now had but a three-fourths interest Summer was coming the time of year when people were going into the country Leaving their carpets to be cleaned in their absence if he could obtain complete ownership of this business within the month He fancied that he saw an opportunity to make more money than he had done before in any previous season Why I tell you mr. Geary he exclaimed indignantly wagging his head It would seem like selling my daughter's honor if we should compromise at any less figure I am a father I I have my feelings haven't I? Well now it isn't like that at all mr. Wade answered Geary making awkward gestures with both his hands It isn't what we ought to get out of him could any sum of money could millions compensate you for miss ida's death I guess not it's what we can get if this thing comes into court We won't get but 5,000 out of him. I'll tell you that right now He could raise that by a mortgage easy But if we compromise we can squeeze him for 8,000 you see the fact that we can act directly with him instead of through counsel Makes it easier for us of course as I tell you it isn't just the legal thing to do But I'm willing to do it for you because I think you've been wronged and outraged Wade struck his hand to his head. I tell you he's brought dishonor upon my gray hairs. He exclaimed Exactly of course. I understand how you feel replied Geary But now about this 8,000 I tell you what I'll do He had resolved to stake everything upon one last hazard see here. Mr. Wade There's a difference of course between eight thousand dollars and ten thousand But the use of money is worth something isn't it and money down cold hard cash is worth something isn't it? Well now suppose you got that eight thousand dollars money down within three days Hiram Wade still demurred a little longer for the sake of his own self-respect and his dishonored hairs But in the end it was agreed that if the money was paid over to him in full before the end of the following week He would be content and would agree to the compromise $8,000 would still be enough to buy out his partner's interests and even then he would have a little left over with which to improve a certain Steaming apparatus if the amount was paid in full within a week He could get control of the cleaning works in time to catch all of the summer trade geary had calculated that this last argument would have its weight the great difficulty now was to get vandover to sell at such a low figure and upon such short notice he almost despaired of his success in this quarter however it all depended upon vandover now early in the forenoon of the next day geary pounded on the door of vandover's sitting-room pushing it open without waiting for an answer Vandover was lying in his shirt sleeves on the corduroy divan under the huge rug of sombre colors that hung against the wall and He did not get up as Geary came in in fact. He hardly stirred Hello cried Geary closing the door with his heel didn't expect to find you up so early I've been up since half past six had breakfast at seven fine cutlet and then got down to the office at 20 minutes of eight How's that for rustling eh? Yes, said vandover dully but say exclaimed geary What's all the matter with you you look all frazzled out all pale around the wattles ah You've been hitting up a pace again You're a bird van. There's no use talking all night racket this trip. I suppose so answered vandover never moving but you do look gone in this morning sure continued geary seating himself on the edge of the table and pushing back his hat Never saw you looking so bad. You ought to be more careful van There'll be a smash sometime ah you better man ought to look out for his health I walk downtown every morning and three times a week. I take a cold shower as soon as I get up ah I tell you that braces a fellow up you ought to try it It's better than a dozen cocktails You keep on getting thin like you have for the last few days and I'll have to be calling you skinny seldom fed again like we used to now tell the truth What time did you get to bed last night? Did you go to bed at all? No replied Vandover with a long breath looking vaguely at the pipe rack on the opposite wall. I Thought as much answered Geary. Well, that's like you He paused a moment and then went on nervously gesturing with both his hands simultaneously well I've had a long talk with Wade. I tell you, Van, that old boy is as stubborn as a mule. You see, he knows he's got a case. I couldn't talk him out of that. I'll tell you how it is, continued Geary, preparing to spring another mine. He's found a letter Ida wrote you the day before she killed herself. He paused to watch the effect upon Vandover. Vandover waited for him to go on, but seeing that he did not, and that he expected him to say something, nodded his head once and answered, I see Don't you know that letter that she wrote to you telling you how it was how she was fixed? repeated Geary puzzled and irritated at Vandover's indifference. I Know well he's got it anyhow pursued Geary, and of course that tells against you Well, I had a long talk with him yesterday afternoon, and I got him to compromise of course you know in suits like this one a party sues for a great deal more than he expects to get at First you know he said twenty-five thousand that figure was decided upon at the first interview he had with us Of course he could never get judgment for that much But he hung out at ten thousand said it would be selling his daughter if he took any less Now I knew you couldn't raise that much on any property you have especially in these hard times Geary paused for the fraction of an instant He had thrown out the last remark as a feeler to see what Vandover would say but his chum said nothing, staring vaguely at the opposite wall, merely making a faint sign to show that he understood, closing his eyes and bending his head. And so, continued the other, I jewed him down, and what do you suppose? Well, sir, from twenty-five thousand, I brought him right down to, say, eight thousand. I could see that he had some scheme that he wants to go into right away, and that he wants ready money right on the nail, you know, to carry it through. And You bet I was clever enough to see that I Watched him right over when I began to speak of ready money cash down as soon as he'd squeal I'd spring cold cash on him money down and he's hit gravel like an ostrich Well he went on deliberately after a pause Getting up from the table and standing before Vandover his hands in his pockets Well, I think that's the best I can do for you van It's a good deal better than I expected, but I've done the best I could do for you, and I would advise you to see him on the proposition. All right, said Vandover, go ahead. Geary was perplexed. Well, you think that's a good thing, don't you? You think I've done my best for you? You see it as I do, don't you? Vandover withdrew his eyes from the other wall, glancing under the heavy eyelids at Geary, and with a slight movement of his head and shoulders replied, of course. Have you got the money? asked Geary eagerly, then irritated at his indiscretion, hastened to interrupt himself. You see, he hasn't put his proposition into writing yet, but it's like this: if you can pay him eight thousand dollars in cash before the end of next week, he'll sign a document to the effect that he is satisfied. I've got no money, said Vandover quietly. I was afraid you wouldn't have. Said Geary, but you can raise it somewhere you had better close with the old man as soon as you can Van, while he's in the mood for it You'll make a clear 2,000 by it you can see that as well as I can now where can you how is your property fixed let's see Here's the statement you made to me the other day continued Geary drawing his shorthand notes from his portfolio how about this piece on California Street the one that you have rented the homestead, you know Yes, there's that answered Vandover changing the position of his head upon his clasped hands But that's pretty well papered up already returned Geary consulting his notes. You couldn't very well raise another mortgage on that I'd forgotten answered Vandover. There's a block on the mission. He can have that Geary began to tremble with excitement. It looked as though he might be able to make the deal after all But the next instant he grew suspicious Vandover's indifference puzzled him might he not have some game of his own The idea of playing off his cleverest against that of an opponent strung his nerves in an instant The notion of an impending struggle was almost an inspiration and his innate desire of getting the better of a competitor Even though it was his closest friend aroused his wits and sharpened his faculties like a stimulant He had no hesitancy in sacrificing his chum it was business now friendship ceased to be a factor in the affair ah Van was going to be foxy he'd show him that he could be foxy too He can have it echoed Geary. You don't mean to sign it over to him bodily Oh, I suppose it could be mortgaged answered Vandover Yes, that's the idea returned Geary you want me to figure that out for you I can just as well as not well now let's see he went on settling himself at the desk and figuring upon a sheet of Vandover's stamped letter paper the banks will never give you more than two-thirds of the appraised value that's as much as we can expect that will come to well let's see that will come to six thousand on that piece then you could mortgage something else to make up the difference wouldn't it be more than six thousand Asked Vandover with a little show of interest I think that block has been appraised at something over 12,000 ah Yes returned Geary putting his chin in the air that was your agent's valuation five years ago But you know property out there in fact property all over the city what they call inside property has been going right down for the last 10 years That's what I've always been telling you you couldn't possibly get more than 9,000 for that block today You See the Railroad There Hurts It I Suppose so Replied Vandover I've heard the Governor Say as much in His Time of Course exclaimed Geary Delighted at This Unexpected Turn Well Then he Can Have my Bonds Said Vandover I've Got 89 Hundred in Bonds he Can Have Those Let him Have Anything he Wants Oh Don't Touch Your Bonds Answered Geary Hang on to Those Bonds are Always Good u.s. Bonds You don't want to sell those, Van. You see, the homestead is already mortgaged. And besides, you know, too, that the banks are asking an awful big percent for mortgages on real estate. It's seven and a half nowadays. Don't sell your bonds. I'll tell you why. U.S. bonds are always good. They never depreciate. But it's different with realty, especially in this city just now. It's been depreciating ever since your father's time, and it's going to go right on depreciating. If you want to sell anything, sell your realty before it gets any lower. Now, you don't want to sell your home, do you? You don't like that idea. You've lived there so long. And then what would you do with the furniture? Besides, the rent of that, he glanced again at his notes, is bringing you in a good hundred and twenty-five a month. If you've got to sell at all why not sell your mission block all right said Vandover as if wearied by Geary's clamor I'll sign it over to him no that's not the idea at all Geary insisted he wants the ready money he don't want depreciated real estate you'll have to find a purchaser in the next week if you possibly can in such a short time and make over the money to wade but if you can't sell in that time you'll have to dig up ten thousand instead of eight It's a hard position for you Van. It's just a chance you know, but I thought I would give you the benefit of that chance if you want to give me a power of attorney I try and sell it for you. I Guess Brunt would do that replied Vandover Yes retorted Geary watchful as a lynx But they would charge you a big commission Of course, I wouldn't think of asking you anything more than the actual costs I am afraid that they would try to sell it at auction too if they knew you had to realize it in so short a time and it would go for a mere song then you know how it is I Thought inquired Vandover that you wanted the property yes replied Geary hesitating I I did want to buy it of you once well, for that matter, I do now. But you know how it is with me. I might as well sell it to you as to anyone else, returned Vandover. Well, now, it's like this, Van said Geary. I know that block is worth nine thousand dollars. I won't deceive you, but I can only give you eight thousand for it. That's all the money I've got. I'm not going to take advantage of your position to jude you down. I want the block, I'll admit that. But I'm not going to have you sacrifice it for me or for anyone else. I think you can get 9,000 for it I know you could if we had a little more time, and I'm not sure why But what I could find a purchaser for you within the next week that would give you 9,000. Oh I don't care Charlie. I'm sick of everything Eight thousand, nine thousand, anything you like take it at your own figure Geary began to tremble once more and this time, his excitement was so great that he hardly dared to trust himself to speak. His breath grew short, his hands in his pockets twitched nervously and curled themselves into fists. His heart seemed to him to beat high in his throat. He hesitated long, pretending to deliberate as he steadied himself. Vandover remained silent, his hands still clasped the back of his head, staring at the opposite wall with eyes that saw nothing. The little clock began to strike ten. "'I don't know, Van,' said Geary. "'I don't like to do this, and yet I would like to help you out of this must. "'You see, if I should ever benefit by the property, "'you would feel as though I had taken advantage of you at this time "'and worked a flim-flam on you.' "'Oh, I'll look out for that,' returned Vandover. "'No, no, I don't feel quite right about it,' answered Geary, "'wagging his head and shutting his eyes.' Better see what we can do at a forced sale Why don't you see you will be doing me a favor said Vandover wearily I ask you to buy the block I don't care what your figure is Once more Geary hesitated for the last time going over the whole deal in his mind from beginning to end Testing it looking for weak points. It was almost perfect suppose the boot and shoe people did not buy the lot he could resell it elsewhere even below its appraised value and yet make money by the transaction The lot was cheap at ten thousand it might bring twelve Even as an ordinary legitimate speculation it was to be desired at such a figure Suppose the boot and shoe people backed out entirely Suppose even he could not find another purchaser of the property Why then he could hold on to it The income from the rents was fully 10% of the price he would have paid for it. "'Well, Van,' he said at last, making a slow, awkward gesture with his left hand, all the fingers extended. "'Well, I'll take you up, but I don't feel as though I should.' He suddenly interrupted himself with a burst of sincerity, exclaiming, "'Sure, old man. If I had 9,000, I'd give it to you for the block. That's straight goods.' He felt that he was conscientious in saying this it was true. He would have given nine thousand if he had had it For that matter he might have given ten or twelve Can we settle the whole matter today said Vandover right here now? I'm sick of it sick of everything Let's get it done with Geary nearly bounded from his seat he had been wondering how he might accomplish this very thing all right he said briskly no reason in waiting he had seen to it that he should be prepared to close the sale the moment that vandover was willing long ago when he had first had the idea of buying the block he had spent a day in the offices of the county recorder the tax collector and the assessor assuring himself of the validity of the title and only two days ago He had gone over the matter again in order to be sure that no encumbrances had been added to the block in the meanwhile He found nothing the title was clear Isn't this rather rushing the thing through he asked maybe you might regret it afterward Don't you want to take two or three days to think it over? no sure now persisted Geary But I've got to sell before three days answered Vandover. Otherwise. He'll want ten thousand That's a fact admitted the other well he went on if your mind's made up Why we can go right ahead as I say there's no reason for waiting Better take up Wade while he's in the mood for it. You see he hasn't signed any proposition as yet, and he might go back on us Vandover drew a long breath and got up slowly heavily from the couch saying What's the odds to me what I sell for I don't get the money? Well, what do you say if we go right down to the notary's office and put this thing right through Geary suggested? Come on then Have you got your abstract here the abstract of the block? Vandover nodded better bring it along then said Geary the office of the notary adjoined those of the firm of Beale and Story in fact he was in a sense an attache of the great firm and transacted a great deal of legal business for them Vandover and Geary fell upon him in an idle moment a Man had come to regulate the water filter which took the place of an ice-cooler in a corner of one of the anterooms And while he was engaged at his work the notary stood at his back abusing him and exclaiming at the ineffectiveness of the contrivance The notary was a middle-aged man with a swollen purple face. He had a toothpick behind each ear and wore an office coat of gray linen, ripped at the shoulders. Then the transfer was made. It was all settled in less than half an hour, unceremoniously, almost hastily. For the sake of form, Geary signed a check for eight thousand dollars, which Vandover in his turn made over to Hiram Wade. The notary filled out a deed of grant. Bargain and sale pasting on his certificate of acknowledgement as soon as Vandover and Geary had signed Geary took the abstract Thrusting it into his breast pocket as far as Vandover was concerned the sale was complete But he had neither his property nor its equivalent in money Well declared Geary at length. I guess that's all there is to be done I'll get a release from old man Wade Send it to you tomorrow or next day now. Let's go down to the Imperial and have a drink on it They went out, but the notary returned to the ante room turning the spigot of the filter to right and left frowning at it suspiciously refusing to be satisfied End of chapter 15 part 2